So this morning, I want us to look together at the beginning of Jesus's ministry in Galilee, in Luke chapter 4 this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, if you can open them to the fourth chapter of the gospel according to Luke. And there you will find that Jesus returns to Galilee filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, having been baptized by water and the Holy Spirit descending and remaining on him, having spent 40 days in the wilderness, standing firm against the temptation of the devil and emerging from that experience sin-free and victorious. And so he returns to Galilee and his notoriety is growing and his teaching and preaching is being well received. And so as we look at Luke 4, beginning at verse 14, we read, Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. And so as Jesus is ministering in Galilee, I suppose it's only natural that he would eventually also return to his home in Nazareth, the place where he grew up with Mary and Joseph, working as a carpenter's apprentice alongside his dad. If you're not familiar with, with Nazareth, it's, it's a small town that's just to the south and to the west of Cana. You remember Cana, the, the place where he turned the water into wine at the wedding. And it, it's, it's close to the border with Samaria. And so he returns home and we pick up the story here in Luke 4 uh, at verse 16. It says, when he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him and he said to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Those are bold words. They're especially bold words when you're preaching to the hometown crowd. Here's Jesus, the carpenter's son, come home from a relatively short time away to begin his new career as a preacher. And he gets up into the pulpit in his home synagogue where he's been sitting in the pew all these years from his childhood up until now, this is his home synagogue, and you can imagine that his Sunday school teacher and his youth group director 
are probably there in the front pew. I don't know that they had youth group directors in synagogues back then. You get the idea. They're the, the people he's most familiar with, more importantly, the people that are most familiar with Jesus are watching and listening. People whose tables he may have fixed as a carpenter's apprentice or houses that he may have repaired. All of them watching him preach in the home synagogue for the first time and they know him. You can almost hear them saying, that's Joseph's boy, isn't it? That's Jesus. In other words, why is he in the pulpit? And so he reads a prophecy from Isaiah, not just any prophecy, but a prophecy about the coming Messiah. It's, it's from Isaiah 61. This is what he reads. He reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now those, those verses sound familiar. Where, where, do they, where do they ring in our memory banks? Where, where, where is that from? It's the communion liturgy, isn't it? We say that every time we do the communion liturgy, this he is anointed to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And when he finishes reading this, he rolls up the scroll. He gives it back to the attendant. He sits down and as everybody, the hometown crowd is looking at him. He says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the first century equivalent of dropping the microphone and walking off stage. This is a bold statement. These are bold words. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am the Messiah is what he's telling the hometown crowd. Jesus tells him, I'm the guy. I'm, I'm the one. I'm the anointed that Isaiah was talking about. I'm here and I'm bringing the good news. More than that, I am the good news. This is the year, folks. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is God's year to act. It's God's year to act. Act how exactly? Well, just like it says, in Isaiah to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind not just physical blindness but spiritual blindness as well to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor see that's where the quote ends but see there's more to Isaiah 61 more to that passage of text that those present would have been aware of. And if you know Isaiah, then you also are aware that the very next line in Isaiah 61 after 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor is and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. The day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. See, Jesus is saying, I am he for whom you have been waiting. I am the Messiah. I'm here to take all that is wrong in the world and make it right. Have, have you suffered? Well, I'm here to end your suffering. Have you been wronged? Well, I'm here to give you redemption. Now, you can imagine the hometown crowd's reaction. Luke tells us in verse 22, all who were there watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke. But they also said, isn't this Joseph's son? The one we've known since he was a youngster? See, there it is. He, he sounds good. I like what he's saying. But isn't this just Joseph's boy? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Scripture says. See, but then his reputation is, is such that there might be something to this after all. He's been doing good things all over Galilee, healing the sick, all of that. And he, he did it in Capernaum. If that's true, then surely he'll do that and more for his hometown people, right? And so even though they're thinking, this is Joseph's son, right? Jesus. They're also thinking, well... He's been doing some good stuff. Surely he'll bring some of that good stuff home to us. But see, Jesus knows what they're thinking. And so he says, I suppose you're going to quote the proverb, doctor, go heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we heard you did over in Capernaum. Well, let me tell you something, Jesus says. No prophet is ever welcomed in his hometown. Isn't it a fact that there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah during that three and a half years of drought when famine devastated the land, but the only widow to whom Elijah was sent was Sarepta in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha. But the only one cleansed was Naaman the Syrian. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm not here to show you favoritism, hometown crowd. I'm not here for you. I'm here for the will of God. I take my direction from God, not you. I'm on a mission and my mission is moving forward. You can't go home again. You can't go backward. My mission is moving the kingdom forward and you're welcome to come with me. But I'm not home to stay in Nazareth. Because, well, this is not my home. I've told you that I'm the anointed one, Jesus says. I've told you that historically the true prophets are always rejected. I've warned you that if you don't accept my message, you'll be left right here in Nazareth in your circumstances 
because the kingdom is going to move forward either with you or without you. See, those aren't the words that the hometown crowd wanted to hear. When they heard all this, verse 28, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. What is this saying to us here in 21st century Splendora, Texas? Well, I think the message to us is really simple. God has revealed Jesus to us. And the evidence is overwhelming that he is who he says he is. We can get on board as believers or we can reject him. The choice is ours to make. See, but this is the year of the Lord's favor. We have to remember that it's not the end of the scripture. Because it is also the day of vengeance of our God for those who reject Jesus as Savior and Lord. Finally, this lesson is also teaching those of us who have been called to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, to proclaim the gospel message to those that we meet, it is teaching us that our only responsibility is the presentation of the message. The sharing of the good news of Jesus. See, if you share the good news and people reject you and the message, that's not on you. Their rejection is on them and on them alone. And so while you're out there delivering the message, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone that you meet, if they say to you, aren't you Joe and Mary's boy? Aren't you Joe and Mary's daughter? Who are you to tell me about Jesus? I knew you when you were no count worthless and couldn't put three words together to form a sentence. I'm not going to listen to you, no matter how you, well you speak now. If, if they say things like that as you give them the gospel message. See, that's on them. Scripture says, shake the dust off your sandals and keep on moving to more receptive, more fertile ground. You just keep on sharing and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. And God will bless those efforts. This is the year of the Lord's favor. May all of you, as ministers of the faith, receive the favor that God is pouring out on you this morning. May God bless you. May the Holy Spirit guide you.
May the words that you've heard this morning penetrate your heart and your mind in such a way that any anxiety or fear or timidity that you might be holding on to prevents you from speaking the word of God to someone who needs it. May, may his favor give you the strength that you need to be bold in proclaiming that this is the year of God's favor. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Him is glorified.